Hey everybody, welcome to episode 98 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with David Picciuto. Hey guys, what's going on? Not much. Also here with Jimmy DeResta. Hi, two weeks left. Huh? Hi, two weeks. <laughs> two weeks to Boston. Yep. What's going on? What are you guys up to? I just finished putting together my tour Mac, and boy, that was exciting. Now I gotta start figuring out how to move the XYZ axis. I'm gonna hook the computer up after we're done. And I have a little project for an advertiser that I, I was going to do on my shop bot. There's a slight chance I'm going to see if I can jam it into doing it up here. I don't know if it's possible because I don't have a, a V-bit. Maybe I could make one. Hmm. Ooh. Good thought, mm. Jimmy. Ooh. Good idea. Um, <laughs> Good job, Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. Cool. <laughs> it just occurs just to me. Just throw a router bit in there. Yeah, that's it. All I need is a grinder. Exactly. Because I, even though it's the Tormac, which is intended for almost every material... Um, my my concept is for a piece of wood, so yeah, I probably have a V bit. Anyway, I'm solving problems while we talk, and uh, I did that. I just finished doing that just before uh, I came to the mic here, and it's exciting. Learning all this new technology is completely overwhelming, and so I, I keep trying to just submerge myself in it. Like I drove to Rochester this week for the Make a Fair. I'll talk about that in a minute. And uh, driving the whole way. I had Tormac videos just playing in the background. Whether I understood what was going on or not, I felt like it was like going into the you know the soft part of my brain, maybe making some impact. So when I eventually read it in the manual, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what he was talking about. So, hmm. so I'm curious here. What are some of the things about this particular machine or situation that are different than what you've done before? Because you already have CNC. Yeah, I do totally. Um, the the main thing is just it's just a new machine and. Um, I just want to make sure it's a, it's a new set of software that I haven't used, PathPilot. And I don't know yet if I can design an Illustrator like I'm used to doing with the ShopBot and bringing the material into VCarve. So there's a couple of things I don't know yet. So there's a there's a couple of little learning paths that they, they bring you through, they walk you through in the manual, just to get you familiar with the software. So I'm hopefully going to be able to do that tonight and get, you know, get moving on that. But I'm sure once I delve into the software... A lot of things will start to become familiar with me, with what I'm used to. And uh, it's just a little overwhelming because you don't want to break it. You know, it's the biggest thing. It's like when someone hands you a baby, you're like, I don't want to drop it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to break the baby. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I don't want to crash it, you know, because this thing is like fairly substantial. And it took quite a bit of wrangling to get it where it is. So, like, God forbid. Like, when I set up my shop bot, the thing was broken. The very first thing was broken. And then they're like, oh, we'll bring it to Maker Fair. I'm like, oh, okay, it's like 300 pounds. i got to move this thing. Uh-huh. Brought, but I did have to bring it to Maker Fair so they could fix it. So, hmm. uh, stuff like that. But this thing seems like it's in good shape. I mean, there's nothing visibly wrong with it. They talk about in the manual how to go through the XYZ and make sure that all the accesses are, are recognized by the computer. And so that, that'll be the first couple things that I do. So there's that. And um, yeah, I went to Rochester Make a Fair, which was cool. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to hang out too long. So I'm sorry if, if anybody was looking for me after for dinner because it looked like it was going to snow. So me and Chris, Chris Chops with Chris was there. And he came to my farmhouse. I'll talk about that. And uh, so we, we got out of there before the snow. Apparently, there's 10 inches of snow in Rochester. So we got out just in time. And we came back to my farm. It's a four or five hour drive from there to here. And uh, we he brought me his driftwood chair. He got all this driftwood from the Ohio River and let the wood do the talking and designed and built a chair out of it. Pretty amazing. And so he brought it here yeah. and gifted it to the farmhouse. You'll see it on my Instagram. 
So that was fun. So I got some video of that. You'll see that in this week's vlog. And yeah, and that was it. And um, I gave him some of my old junk, which hopefully will show up in some of his videos. I gave him a, a corn chopper, like for you crank it and it mulches up corn. He's going to use the mechanisms in making machines. Chop and, corn mm, with Chris. Chopping corn with Chris, yeah. And then actually last <laughs> night, Taylor sat down with Chris and, and got him a, a... He's like me. He's like, a, he's like about six months behind me as far as technology goes. He has a, a URL, but it was not connected to a website. So him and Taylor sat down last night. And Taylor got him hooked up to Squarespace and started an account and everything. So it's if you go there, it probably has half the template is still up there. You know, they have the gibberish. I, I accidentally published my first website on Squarespace, but like half of it was gibberish from the template. There's like people like <laughs> running through the fields. Or Mipsum. You know, all this stuff is yeah. probably on his site too. But Taylor gave him an opening page and hooked up some of his videos and stuff. So he's learning. We're all learning cool. all the time. So that was cool. And that's it. And that's freezing up here and Upstate New York, it's about 30 degrees. So nice. That's fun, trying to navigate through the cold and do stuff. Yeah, in Ohio here, we had, uh, on Friday, I think it hit 70, and then the next day, the high was 39. It was like a complete like 180 in weather. So, what am I working on? I got, uh, so today, I made, I started working with leather today. Nice. And so, um, there's a little leather uh, key key ring and then i have I, i'm showing this on camera i know you people listening cannot see it but it's uh i have a little six foot stanley tape measure on this little leather band then the leather band goes on your belt and so i could be like jimmy and always have a tape measure right. on my belt and um so one was hand cut and one was cut on the laser just so i can show both sides of it and both sides, wh whichever way you do it is, is pretty easy. If you do it on a laser, it's easier, but it really stinks up the house. <laughs> Burning <laughs> uh, so leather cool. stinks. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely does. And so, um, so I did something. I, I, so I, I, I'll, I'll post pictures of this. Uh, you'll, you'll definitely see it on my YouTube video. But one is really dark and one is really light. They actually come from the same piece of leather. And I don't know anything about working with leather. And I'm like, oh, I don't have any leather conditioner or leather oil or whatever that stuff is called. So I put mineral oil, just cutting board oil, on one. And um, it made it real soft. Uh, I don't know if it's going to get rancid over time. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on putting... Mineral oil. Jimmy's making a face. That's, I, I, I made a huge mistake. No, no, no. Who I'm cares? making a face. Like when I hate that when like I did mineral oil. And everyone's like, it's gonna go rancid. It's gonna go rancid. I'm like, so what? I'll palm sand it off and start again. Yeah, I mean it was it was fun. It was like, oh, I don't want to leave the house and I I want to put something on there. So that's what I did. And then um, another video that I'm working on right now is the hallway entry table out of a live uh, slab of of walnut. And that's that's. And I'm really liking the way it came out. I got some feet that came from the antique store, and I turned some legs, and it's going to have like a through motors on the on the table. So really happy with the mm. way it's coming out. Before we get into what you're working on, Bob, I have a question for you guys. Okay. Uh, or I actually, maybe it's not even a question. It's like, this is what I'm going to do. Do you guys see any problems with it? And this goes for the listeners, too. Uh, some of you know that every year... Kelly and I, we retire our wedding rings and I make new rings. And um, so this year, which I'm already a month late, is I bought a seven millimeter thick piece of titanium and uh, a titanium cutting bit for the CNC router. And so I'm going to cut out the ring on the CNC. 
And I know I have to, you know, really, really super shallow passes and oil. But what I want to do is then once that once I take the ring off, I want to like wedge it on a piece of wood and take it over to my lathe, my wood cutting lathe, and try to like route a little groove in there where I can put a little piece of wood inlay. Mm. Um, I'm not mm. sure what kind of tw- like can I use like a carbide tip. Uh, you know, lathe tool to to make that. Will that cut into the titanium? Do you I, see any problems? Just give it a try, and that's what I would do. Yeah. Late night when no yeah. one's around, no cameras. I try it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> I like that attitude. I mean, yeah. I, it's everything I do yeah. is meant to be a learning experience and yeah. have fun. You uh, the, the the only thing though is what you would probably want to find if you want like a nice clean flat bottom thing. You could either use a thin curved saw blade and like cut the tooth off of a saw blade, you know, and like give yourself like a little mandrel behind it without huh. a grinding because you're going to need to at yeah. least use carbide. So yeah. um, if you can just kind of get, you just like want that square bottom is basically what I'm saying. So if yeah. you can maybe, I don't know if uh, any of the Rockler uh, insert lathe tools have a, has a little perfect square. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I might, I might have one. I might, I have to take a look. Or, All my lathe tools are, are you know, the You just kind of tuck in one side and cross, and then tuck mm-hmm. in the other side, since you're going to be yeah. freehanding it. Yeah, or like, yeah. Uh, you know, in the machinist world, we'd use a cutoff tool, and it's basically like a, like a six or five or six millimeter. It depends on you can buy skinnier ones, and it's just a flat nose thing which cuts in, and it's a parting tool. But you'd only go in deep enough to collect a piece, to make it deep enough to gather a piece of wood in there. Cool. Hmm. I w- I'll, I'm interested to see if that works. I would be surprised if it worked, honestly, because titanium's titanium. <laughs> but I've, who I've knows? watched a bunch of videos, and there are people doing it with normal CNCs. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. And if you got the if you got the right <clears throat> the right end mill in there, it looks like it's going to be okay. I I, well, I have high hopes. <clears throat> I have high hopes for it. You know, what you could. Yeah, you know? I had less. I, I meant more doing it by hand, being able to to hold oh. a tool against it at a consistent place. You know, because it's going to chatter, right? It's going to fight fight back against you. It might at the high speed, you might be okay. A thought a thought I had was, you know, those little wafers that they use on Dremel tools, which nobody ever really uses for anything because they always blow yeah. apart. If you if <laughs> yeah. you're spinning the lathe and you have that sideways into the titanium, you might be able to start making uh. a groove that way too. And then, you know, just uh, yeah. take shallow passes with it until you dig yourself a hole. This way, and you everything's know the spinning. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that deep. It's just going to hold a thin veneer of, of wood that I'm yeah. going to epoxy in there. Mm-hmm. So that's a good idea, as long as those little that wafer doesn't explode in my face. Yeah. Let's well, somebody was talking about uh, diamond cutting bits for Dremels. Do you think that would be... Oh. That might work, too. Effective? Yeah, the little clip-on yeah. ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. All great, great ideas. And I'm sure somebody in the... In the and Twitter will have, give us a good idea as well. So, you yeah. guys don't hear Lucky snoring, do you? <laughs> no. No. You don't hear my kids screaming in the background, no. do you? <laughs> Just okay. checking. Well, that's good. <clears throat> well, for me, um, I've been working on a bunch of stuff. I've got a couple of projects going on that are kind of big. And so this week, um, hopefully, I'll get my video for my Bar Top Arcade finished uh, and get it out. It'll go out on Thanksgiving before this show. If I can get it done. If not, it'll be next week. But then um, the next two projects that I'm working on are both far from complete and big. So I think I'm actually going to have a video or a week either this week or next week with no video for the first time all year long, which wow. I know doesn't matter to anybody but me. But it's just kind of weird because I've stayed on task really well. <laughs> but these are big. So um, 
but the bar top arcade i'm really excited about it's <clears throat> it's a small arcade using a, an old dell monitor that i got for like 10 bucks they're a cheap monitor to get it uses less than a single sheet of plywood and it's all made out of plywood everything on it hmm. um so it's and it's half inch ply so it's you know cheaper than buying a big machine it was stuff to materials for a big machine or it's easier to move around so i'm pretty happy with it, it turned out pretty good nice so is it does it going to look like a is it going to look like your other machine but just kind of cropped at the knees so it goes on a table yeah pretty much it just doesn't have anything below the control panel oh cool and it's a lot smaller i mean it's a 17 inch monitor so it's a lot thinner shorter but yeah you could just like set it on a table or on a bar top or whatever the screen is angled up at you or is the screen flat with the table kind of like the old centipede games uh no it's that would be like a what do they call those cocktail tables oh okay no this is a still angled toward you but not vertically you know but still it looks a lot like the the top half of my other machine cool do you have those sexy yeah. graphics all over it with the big rubber edge and all that same stuff i have the rubber edge the t-molding but i left off all the graphics and i was the intention on this one was like if somebody wants to make an arcade but doesn't want to go through all the specifics of like custom graphics and storage and all this stuff uh this is just a cheaper way to get something that works the same but you know looks a lot different. I used to pay close attention to the way those machines were made when I was a kid because my friends all wanted to play them and I just wanted to look at them and see how they work. <laughs> and uh, so I'd always stand beside my buddies who were like wasting $10 worth of quarters and I would just kind of, and I noticed a lot of the times the graphics on the side in some of the cheaper machines were just masked and sprayed. So that's another way mm. of getting cool looking graphics on the side of that thing is just basically making paper or tape maskings and just spraying them. And then pulling oh, yeah. that off, as opposed to like a big lithograph, like you did, or a big printout stick-on thing. A couple of years yeah. ago, I read a book on uh, on Nintendo, and I don't remember the name of the book, but uh, they talked about like there was these arcades that they made back in the early '80s, late '70s. It might not even been Nintendo that they were talking about. Maybe it was Atari, but like the games didn't sell, so all they did was just like paint them over and then put the new graphics mm. on there. So they just reused some of the old arcades yeah makes sense yeah it'd be interesting to find one of those it's probably worth a lot of money yeah to have like underpainting on it <laughs> right cool um well so before we get into our topic um boston's coming up in a week after this show airs <laughs> a week and a day so anybody that's coming it's gonna be a good time we've had a few tickets getting uh been canceled and people have picked them up right away so it is happening. So if you don't have a ticket and you still want to come, keep an eye on the site. Sometimes they're, you know, popping up and you can grab it real quick. I have cool. a couple of special guests I'm going to sneak in under my name. So it's Jimmy plus like three. I thought it was seven last week. So that's good. <laughs> well, the, it's not. No one's called me back. So, <laughs> so now it's 10 is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah. But my buddy Jacob's going to come with his wife and he says, do you think it would be okay? I was like, yeah, I think, I think we'll get you in there. Don't worry. <laughs> Cool. So. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to it. And by the way, I'm bringing a truck full of tools that I hope not to go mm-hmm. home with. So I'm going to bring some tools and some other special gifts for everybody to take. And um, I'm just going through under the old benches, and this will be a good opportunity for me to clean house. So if anybody's driving, <laughs> hopefully you go home with some stuff. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, I found a drill, like a Black & Decker drill that I've had since I, I was – working in my mom's house and I haven't been there in 20 years. So it's that old. This is like, this is how back my collect, far back my collection goes. Hmm. I found things I didn't ever even knew I had. I don't even know where they came from. 
Yeah. That's when you're a hoarder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So what are we going to talk about this week? Well, I mean, I, we, you, when we jokingly uh, had a conversation before we started, and I said we could talk about how Casey quit YouTube is a joke, but he didn't quit YouTube. He quit vlogging, daily vlogging. And uh, it's uh, something we could discuss about how when we have a channel and we're making things and doing things in life, we kind of make a 90-degree turn abruptly. And yeah. that's kind of what he did. And he upset a lot of people, but a lot of people are like, hey, you know what? Greener pastures, good luck. And... Uh, it's funny, Tal and I were talking, and I said, what do you think the reason? She goes, because his wife probably said, stop vlogging or I'm going to divorce you, which I probably think is, I think is probably the right reason. Because <laughs> uh, I would always jokingly say to Tal, I go, what do you think if I had a camera in your face every 20 minutes? She's like, I'd probably leave you. <laughs> so uh, it was funny because we clicked on a link, and it was a group of vloggers talking about why, why they think he quit. It's just, it just takes up all your time. That's the main reason, I would assume. But this guy has a theory that because he wears his glasses so much, he's going blind. Because he did, did some research and found that if you wear these glasses he wears more than 10 hours a day, you're going to go blind. It was just so ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it was, there was even more crazy theories, which I wouldn't even say. Because I don't know if these guys were being serious or if they were being stupid. Couldn't tell. Hmm. One of them said yeah, his well, one of them said his baby is CGI. She's not real. <laughs> That's a stupid. So <laughs> stupid it got. So for anybody who hasn't seen the video, um, Casey Neistat, big vlogger, obviously, um, just posted a video saying that he was done vlogging. He's not going to do the daily vlog thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And his reasoning was that he found success in it and found a pattern, and then started to work kind of on that pattern. And he wasn't really being that creative anymore, and so he wanted to step away from it and focus more on more creative things, newer things, things that challenged him. So I think that's the interesting part of it. Yeah. Not necessarily that like a celebrity decided to stop doing something that was making them famous, but the fact that he found himself being complacent, you know, and decided to force himself into a change that's going to like force, you know, cause he was making a living at that. So this is going to force him to find new ways to replace that income. Um, you know, and then it'll get, give him other opportunities to get creative stuff out. So I, I think that's the interesting thing ab- about it. And I don't really care whether anybody makes videos or not. <laughs> like I'm not that attached to anybody's videos that like, Oh no, I'm going to cry if you know, Jimmy stops making videos or whatever. You might. I I might, (laughs) but I mean, the thing that's cool about it, the thing that got me thinking was just like, well, you know, am I getting complacent or be aware of if I start to get complacent in this pattern, in this process that I've created. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's a good reminder, if nothing else, just to make sure that you're always doing something that's pushing you in some new direction, you know, Mm -hmm. and that can be a bunch of different ways. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to change your career, but like, the thing that it got me thinking about was <clears throat> what what am I not doing yet that I want to do in my projects? Like what's a skill or a technique or something that I haven't done yet and I'm pushing away saying like, I'll get to that one of these days. Because by forcing myself to get into one of those things, it may open up a whole new realm of interesting ideas or, you know, it may reinforce that like I shouldn't be doing that or, you know whatever, but it made me just think about like make a, I actually sat down and wrote a list of here's some stuff that I've been putting off that I just haven't done because I thought it would be hard. It would break my routine. Those are the things I should probably be making an effort on. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, it's true. I mean, so, me me digging into this new CNC technology that I'm playing around with. It's just advanced CNC technology. It's not cold, brand new from zero, which what which is what it was when I first got my shopbot. But it's exciting. It gives me a little bit of anxiety that I'm not going to be able to figure it out, you know, on my own without a friend nearby. I'm doing it upstate, so I'm like co- totally like in no man's land. I can't just have a friend stop by in the cab and show me how to use it. And my buddy who lives downstate. So I am a, I'm a little bit in no man's land here, but it's exciting because it's something new. It's something different. It's outside the norm. And I, I think it's going to open a world of possibilities as far as material goes, as far as either the, the plasma table or, or, the, or the Tormac. So it's exciting. It's exciting and causes a slight bit of anxiety. But it's it's just welcomed. Say, yeah. When I was getting ready for my craft show... I was able to relate to this a little bit because as it came down to the final two weeks and I needed needed to get some things done, instead of challenging myself to make something new, I just went back and like, oh, I'm going to make the things that I've made every single time before. And what I found was like, it wasn't exciting to make these wine displays again. It was like, this is, it just felt like, oh, I'm just doing this to do this so I can sell them. And uh, today, when I made these little leather keychains, I'm like, this is new. This is awesome. This is fun. This is the thing that I, you know, I'm, I'm watching the videos on how to set the rivets and, and, um, and learning why you don't want to use mineral oil. <laughs> and, and like the, the new stuff is, is super exciting. And it's just like, God, I gotta keep, it was reminding me, I gotta keep pushing myself. And the funny thing is, before I even started today's project, I kept delaying it. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to watch another YouTube video or I'm going to answer emails. I kept putting it off because it was this new thing. Totally. I and do that all the time. Go- yeah. It always goes back to what I think is one of our most important episodes that we recorded and was the one about getting started. And it's like, mm-hmm. once you just do it, you're okay. You know? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I'll play devil's advocate here against what I just said. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess there's a balance to be had, though. You know, like in that case where you were making things that you already know how to make and it was quick and relatively easy for you to make those things. And you, with the intention of you're selling those, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, you're putting in a lower amount of effort to make a thing that's going to bring you back a return. That's a pretty different situation than saying, I have a craft show coming up. I'm going to learn all new techniques, make one of a kind of all these things and sell them because I need money. You know what I mean? That doesn't make a lot of sense. So maybe there's a balance there's a balance, but, had. um, you know, for me is most people aren't going to make a living craft shows and they're not going to make a substantial income from craft shows. And so it, I, I, at least for me, I do it because I find it fun and I find it rewarding. And so if I'm making things that aren't rewarding, then it takes away the, the, the fun of it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think there is a balance and it's, you know, everybody's situation is different. Yeah. I guess if you just narrow it to the creative side of things, you know, not the mm-hmm. paying bills side of things. Um, yeah, I think it's really good to to find ways to challenge yourself. I know this one of these two projects that I've, well, actually both, now that I think about it, both of these projects that I'm working on, the longer ones, I don't know that they would be long projects if I had experience doing them. But they're both new things. Mm-hmm. You know, one is, I hadn't really thought about this until this very moment. One of them is fully 3D printing. And so it's, it was the thing that I've been learning Fusion on for the last several weeks. I've been, which was a whole process of learning. Now I'm printing out these, gosh, 12 pieces of stuff that have to fit together. 
Um, and that's a whole new thing because before this, I've only printed out solid. This is the print. This is the one thing. Cool. You know, mm-hmm. now it's like, here's 12 pieces that have to fit together. And some of them can't print on this printer and some can on this one. And you have to make sure you have them turn the right way. And, you know, so there's like a physical aspect to the printing that I'm learning a bunch of that stuff. And that's before I even get to actually making the project. Like I have to print all this stuff. Then I have to make the project. So mm-hmm. there's a bunch of pieces there. And then this other one is an idea I've had for a long time. And instead of just buying brand new materials to make this thing, like I had a vision for it. I knew what all the pieces need to be. I decided to go buy a bunch of stuff at Goodwill to get the raw supplies out of reclaimed items that I needed. So I know Mm -hmm. I needed steel. So I went and bought these certain things and I needed this and I needed aluminum. So I bought these certain things. And so I had to think, spend a lot more time thinking through what I needed to get the raw materials out of those things and then figure out how to turn those raw materials into what I actually need, if that makes any sense at all. But it's just a a much longer process. Um, you know, and it's just like new stuff. So they're just taking longer, but at the same time, I'm really excited about both of these projects, probably more excited than I've been on a lot of (laughs) stuff that I've done lately. So that's kind of cool. Do you ever find yourself, this is sort of off topic, but do you ever find yourself like you make a video for yourself, so you can reference it later to learn to relearn how to do something. Because no. every time I go to turn a pen on the lathe, I'm like, oh, I have to, I have to look this up to see how to do it. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make a video on how to turn a pen on the lathe. And, hmm. so, and so every time I go to make a pen, now I, I go and look at my old video. because yeah. I don't well, do who, it enough. Who's this good-looking guy making mm. a pen video? Yeah. Oh, mm. David, that's. Yeah. I've gone no, back I've to my videos and watched them, and I thought to myself, "Why am I doing it that way? There's ten other ways of doing it that's better." Or, or you're trolling I say, yourself, yeah. And then, or I say, "Oh, wow! I forgot I knew how to do that. I got to use that again." So hmm. I, I get both of them when I watch myself. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Hmm. So, what have you guys done lately? To, I mean, you were David. You were talking about the leather stuff, but like, what's another thing that you've done lately to force yourself to get into new skills? I guess you both have already mentioned that. Think of something well, else. Well, it's funny. What's something else like you've one done thing, The other day, I, I, did you guys see the video where I had the slab table? And, yes. And I see like the top the down. That came out of laziness. It was funny because I thought to myself, I need to, I need to level this whole thing down. And I was like, oh, okay, I got to make a rig that you know Nick Offerman talked about years ago in, in Woodwork Magazine. And now it's semi-popular. I, I know a lot of guys have done them. And I've done them on my, one of my core videos. Where you make like the box truss and you slide the, the router through it. And that looks I, awful, by the way. Just like a huge mess. Just and <laughs> it's a it's such labor. A yeah. And um, so obviously, if you had a huge slab, it would probably be the only necessity, the only necessary way you could do it. So I was thinking to myself, oh, I gotta rip a bunch of plywood, make a truss box, and and then Ryan was in the shop working at the end of the table. Ryan works in my shop, and I, I was like, oh, I, I could throw it on the CNC machine. Hmm, but I'd never get the four or f- three or four groupings to like level off. And then I said, oh, well, if everything was attached to a piece of plywood, where then the plywood is sort of zero at the bottom of the thing, I'd find the lowest point on the thing and then just work to that. And I just threw it in there and said, let me give it a shot and see what happens. And if you watch that video, the wood was got twisted. And the, the last shot I took, you could tell the last pass was not level with the previous pass. I ended up mm. off camera wedging it a little bit and then making another pass and getting it much closer. Um, hmm. But anyway, so that that opened up a whole new realm of possibilities of like, oh, wow, I could just surface anything on the CNC machine and not have to deal with that 
big rig, of course, as long as it fit in there left to right. And uh, so that was a that was that was a departure from what I was about to do. Yeah, so that it's was funny. The, the left turn I took. When I made the Nick Offerman stool, I was using, you know, that live uh, piece of walnut and I hand planed it down because all I end couldn't grain, find right? my angle. Yeah, all end grain, Crazy. which was awful. And then <laughs> I kept switching between the hand plane and the belt sander, but end grain just sucks. Somebody mentioned in the comments, like, why didn't you do that on the CNC? And I like smacked myself in the head. <laughs> yeah, like, that would have been a perfect. That would have saved me hours. And yeah. you wouldn't have gotten any chip out either. Yeah. Hmm. That was the reason why I, I basically put the hand plane to that piece of uh, beef wood. And I, the second the hand plane touched it, chip wood, just chip out, jumped right out. Like, <laughs> like, I, like the, the thing saw the hand plane and like started chipping out because it was so nervous. <laughs> now, there was, it was burl everywhere. And there was like, I tried to get one clean pass. I, I put my most expensive, sharpest oh. hand plane at like a severe angle. So it kind of shaved as opposed to just did, you know, a straight cut. And there was just like a big, long string of chip out. And I was like, all right, this isn't going to work. I guess mm-hmm. I got to go to the router or the hand palm sander or whatever. But by doing it on the CNC, it gave me a good basis to then sand too. And I was able to get rid of all the lines nicely. But, yeah. It was a gorgeous piece of wood, by the I think way. Yeah. It, was, it? it was really beautiful. I, when I looked at it, I was like, there's not much I could do to this. If I cut that up and made a cigar box out of it, people would kill me. <laughs> I'd get death threats. So I was like, you know what? Let me just leave it as is and fill the holes and make it flat and smooth. I'm sure this was in the comments. This is way off topic. I'm sure this was in the comments, but why didn't you attach the top to the base? Because I knew, I, you know, I always leave little key, like uh, that basically, uh, because I wanted to be able to just plop it where I wanted and put the top on it. And I did want to put registration holes so that I could drill it so it would just pop down on it so you couldn't kind of kick it off. Another thing I wanted to do was was bevel the top of the legs so that it was kind of like a an arrow point or just like a pencil Hmm. point, but like, you know, a a shallow pencil point so that it would, and I just forgot both of those. And when it got right down to it, I was like, Oh, I got to finish this video. This will be good click. This will be good troll bait. So (laughs) I just left it. (laughs) And then everyone's like, what's going to happen? Someone's going to knock the top off. (laughs) Oh no. And yeah, I've always, I've got stuff like that where I always just forget little details to put them in. And then by the time you're done with the video, you're just like, Whatever. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> like, the, the, real, the, the reality, though, was the, the day after I published the video and everybody was, you know, several people were like, why isn't it attached? I thought to myself, let me make a follow-up video. So I jumped up on the table and I stood on it and I found where, like, the little cantilevered, like, dangerous levers were. And there, hmm. there was, like, hardly any there. I mean, of course, if I put all my weight on the edge, it would flip off. But I, like, I stood on it and I kind of jiggled around a little bit. And I'm like, this is rock solid. This isn't... So unless somebody comes in and hits their shin on it really hard, that was somebody air braking right in front of my house. It was an 18 wheel. Uh, it wasn't me, promise. And <laughs> it wasn't lucky either. So uh, you just can't get away from the noise, can you? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm in the country. <laughs> I'm on like a pretty pretty severe truck path out here. A lot of trucks coming and going. And uh, anyway, so the point was is that once I, I when I was working on it and plopping it down every few minutes and. It was sturdy as hell, so I, I it, it, that's why it slipped my mind to have to make it any more sturdy. So hmm. I did not make that follow up video, and I don't think I need to after this long di- diatribe about why it's okay. <laughs> so yeah. as far can I, can I turn this a little bit? As far as like not how about not making, but the content you produce. Do you guys have any plans on? pushing yourself in a different way on, on your content. And now Jimmy, 
has been talking in some of his videos. Which yeah, is a little I different. started my and vlogs, I, and I love this. you know, yeah. the, Casey just quit vlogging, and just as I started, so now it's all out of fashion. I guess I'm gonna have to, <laughs> I'm gonna have to quit. No, I started vlogging, and it's a great, it's a great outlet for me to you know do some ads on occasion or talk about things that I otherwise I would shoot video of like the animals and have nothing to do with it because I'm not going to put out home movies but now I have an interesting spot to kind of put in a cute little video of the animals fighting and playing and having fun or visiting a really interesting place or at Rochester there was a guy who who makes everything out of of toothpicks which was amazing to me and I talked to him he was really cool and he never stopped working the entire time which impressed me he didn't even stop to like look up at me he just talked and kept looking at what he was doing Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I would love to, I love to share that stuff with people and it's a great spot for me. So when the minute I decided to do that, it was a little nerve wracking. I was like, uh, I'm going to lose. And I lost, I lost subscribers. Maybe they're slowly coming back, but I, my, my daily, uh, subscription rate considerably dropped and, but you know, it's, everything's a ebb and flow, I feel. So I think I'm getting them back. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I don't have any plans to make a drastic change. That's just not how I work typically, you know, I try to make small changes every video. And so uh, I hope that if you went back and looked at my old ones to my new ones, you could see a huge change, but from one to one, you shouldn't be able to see much of a difference, Mm -hmm. but I am trying to work on some changes over time. I'm trying to bring myself talking to the camera into it more because I want to be like associated with the content more than I, you know, than just my hands, Mm -hmm. which Jimmy, I'm sure that's part of the reason you're doing what you're doing as well. So I'm trying to bring that in, and that also cuts down on voiceover, which makes production time lower. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm trying to do that slowly, but it's not something I can do, you know, all at once. It, it would break my process, and it would throw everybody off, and they'd be like, why did you make this change? Just, you know, what's wrong, or whatever. <laughs> unsubscribe. So, <clears throat> yeah, unsubscribe. Which I don't ever see those comments, in case you do that. <laughs> they just disappear. Just Ah, uh, you have a filter on them. <laughs> yeah, dude. Nice. Oh, I got to put unsubscribe in the filter. Yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> oh, done. man. You guys do- oh, wow. I have a yeah, million other like words. I don't have that in there. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for that uh, tip. <laughs> in case anybody cool. that's listening to this got mad at Bob during this conversation and wanted to unsubscribe, it's not going to work. He won't care. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can unsubscribe. It'll work. Is, I just won't hear like about it. This is like a Trump it. rally. We're all talking to people that like us, so. Here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. I don't mean anything by that. <laughs> cool well do we have anything else about this to- it's not really much of a topic i guess I, I think it's just general good you know it's just knowing like it's good process to like chase you know better chase new yeah it's just yeah. knowing when to make a to, no one went to make a turn and go in a different direction you know no one like i mean when the time i is guess right. we haven't we haven't really talked about like the side of that that is scary it's easy to say yeah you know make a change or whatever but i guess for a lot of people making that change um, you know, quitting your job, going to a different job or changing the way you live your non-working life or something, it can be scary because you, there's a lot of risk there, yeah. you know, to lose income, lose time, lose connection to people, you know, moving away, uh, to chase something that you want to do. You leave your community, you leave the people that you know. So, I mean, there's a lot of risk in, in doing those things and, you know, I don't want to downplay that at all. The risk is real, but at the same time, the reward from, dropping stuff so that you can like Casey had a really good analogy there of letting go of a vine so that you could grab the next one. And that's a really good one. I I think, you know, the risk of dropping stuff Mm -hmm. is 
a lot lower than the reward, potentially lower than the reward of getting something new. So, well, it's funny because you know, I personally go, I'm going through this, for, uh, you know, kind of a week to week basis where I get client work that isn't necessarily exciting to videotape to make a movie and it isn't quite as profitable as, you know, YouTube is becoming. So I have to kind of slowly turn these people away or really be picky and choosy with the work that I do. And I have to constantly keep asking myself, is my time better spent making a video for my own channel than making this for this person's display or whatever it is. And and that's happening more and more. So I have a question about that. I know people who work for themselves in specifically in like the photography and videography world, the way that they go about that process is, you know, the more popular they get, the more people want them to do work for them. And rather than becoming twice as busy, they raise their prices so that they become half as busy, but make the same amount of money. Mm -hmm. So is that something you've done or are doing over the years as you try to get away from client work? I can, you know. You, know are you just raising your prices constantly? I have done that, and some people have taken the bait. And so I'm like, okay, cool. This is a simple old-style hmm. job. It'll take me this much time. It's going to be easy, and I'm making a good profit. So I absolutely have done that. You know, I basically hmm. give them the go-away price, and they say, okay, cool. When can we start? And I'm like, hmm, okay, cool. Well, let's do this. Yeah. It's not as hmm. complicated as, you know, it, it, as it used to be because I'm used to doing it. Like a sign, for instance. I've made a few signs recently and, you know, I'm making some good money on them. So, yeah. A lot of times when you push yourself forward and you take that risk or you just, you, you try to learn that new skill, if it doesn't work out, you can go back to that previous vine if you need to, right? Uh, mm -hmm. That was, yeah. you know, I quit my job to do the content creation and my fallback was, oh, if this doesn't work out, I can still go and make websites. I still know how to do that. You know, Casey still knows how to make vlogs. If whatever he's, his next thing is, he it doesn't work out, he can just go back and go back. And, and if you have to go back, don't feel bad about it, but try to make that different or better or whatever. You can still find yeah. ways to push yourself, even if you have to take a step back. Yeah. I mean, think about a tree. If you go down one branch and you have to go back to where that branch starts, there's another branch there, right? There's another way for you to go from that same point. So not everything's yeah. going to work. Um, but that doesn't mean you're done, you know, right, you can always right. try something different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of had the same thing. Like I, when I went to quit, uh, to do this full time, I was really worried about like, well, what if this doesn't work? I'm thinking about the family and all this stuff. And yeah, my wife said the exact same thing you just said. She was like, you can go back and get another job doing what you did before. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I didn't really think about that. You know, cause you think of, I'm stepping off, right? Everything's going to fall away when I step off of this. It's gone, but that's not necessarily the case. And, oh, but man, it also, even, as, even if you can't go back, um, the thing that you're, you're going to, even if that's not it, there are other options, right? There are endless careers. There are endless opportunities that you can just try something different. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll get there. Yeah. And it does help to have somebody there pushing you to, to go forward. Whether that's a significant other, a friend, a podcast, or whatever, like it helps to have somebody, somebody pushing you and challenging you. It's yeah. like every time I come up with something, Bob always challenges me in, in, in this podcast. You've done it, you've done it a hundred times. Like David, I challenge you to rethink this, and I'm like, hmm, Bob's <laughs> a smart dude. And then we get offline, and you're like, I hate Bob. <laughs> you won't no. let me just do anything. <laughs> have you seen my live journal page? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about you. Cool. Well, you guys got anything else on this? Any other thoughts? Nope. I think you just got to keep looking for the new 
thing that's going to improve whatever it is you're trying to improve. Yeah, fun. And sometimes, you know, in this case, like we were talking about Casey, sometimes that means like stepping off the dock, right? That's it's a big from one thing to the other. Sometimes it means making small changes. Sometimes it means planning. You know, it's not always the same process uh, to get into something new. But I think the thing that you just don't want to do is stay where you are for the sake of safety and convenience. Yeah. You know, I think. Cool. Well, uh, what are you guys watching, listening to, reading? There's there's a new PBS show, and it's called Sound Breaking, and it's free. Uh, You just have to log on to their, their app or their website or turn on your television and it is it's an eight part series that explores the art of music recording and i've only seen episode 1 and it really talked about like producers and what the producer's role in in music is and it was just really it was just well done and i kept thinking like how does this relate to me because when for the most part we're one man we're a one man show and for a lot of you listening you're a one person show in your in your shop and like the producer's role is to like push you to challenge to to get the best performance out of you and we don't have that really except for hmm. the comments and uh, so i was you know it's it's I, i'm always trying to find like that relationship from whatever i'm watching to how how it can translate into something I, I can pick up from and and so you know when you have that when you have a producer there's there's the two there's a good and bad side of it you have like the um there's somebody there to get your best performance out of you or the best art or the best piece or whatever but also if there's nobody there you can and it's successful you are all of a sudden the the creative genius so i i like looking at both sides of the hmm. the argument there. interesting very cool <clears throat> well i'm going to talk about three things i'll make them quick <laughs> uh chop with chris because chop with chris chris was here with me this weekend and we had a great time and uh we made plans to kind of do a youtube maker thing this summer which i'll talk about more up here at the house um so check out chop with chris and I want to thank uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan, Ryan Hubbard. It's my horrible Long Island accent. Ryan Hubbard. Ryan wrote me an email and said, please change your password. You accidentally filmed your password. It's in one of your videos. And he goes, I actually, he said, I checked and it is your password to your Apple ID. He goes, you better change it right now. Ooh. So, oh my goodness. So I did that. So I'm just a word to any YouTube content creators. When you're filming your desk or your stuff or your things, if you have your, like, you know, I write passwords on everything because I'm constantly forgetting them. So he wrote me a note and said, change your password. And I'm like, and I had to go back and look because I, I couldn't figure out where in my life I videotaped my password. He was straight on the money. I did, and I changed my password right away. Thankfully, nobody went hmm. in there and screwed around. But uh, it's it's good to to change it, of course. Yep. But in case anybody doesn't know, if you do make YouTube videos, there's a blurring tool in the YouTube editor where you can actually go into one of your videos and grab a little section, and it will blur that section of the video and then save it. Did not know that. So if you have a yeah, if you have a password or a you know license plate or something like oh, that. Oh, cool. That's good. Street address. Right on. Awesome. I get the, every once in a while I get the, like, I'm not trying to be creepy, but I was able to find out where you live and I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've marked it out here on the map. And I'm outside and your uh, door right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm in your basement. I'm like, ah, you're totally being creepy. 
<laughs> no, Stop so it. I uh, he, he has a channel. So check out Hubbard's Handmade. He's a, a young channel, and uh, give him give him some love for. for and he's a, he's a good guy. He's a big supporter. Yeah. He's on my Twitch stream just about every week. Yep. Good guy. Yep. So thank you, yep. Brian. Appreciate that. And then last but not least, uh, my third is Brian. I don't know how to say this name. Could you guys help me with his name? Brian Alt Altridge Alterger. That's probably it. You probably oh, Altrog. 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 He does metal casting, and he is hmm. incredibly precise and talented, and makes beautifully casted in aluminum and in brass. And he does a lot of metal work. So check him out. He also built his own forge. He's got a great step by step series on building your own forge. So check him out. He's a, he's a really amazing up and coming YouTuber that does beautiful work. Nice. Um, I want to shout out, I think I've actually talked about them before, but Mike and Lauren, um, they have a channel where they've done some DIY and they do some finance, all this stuff. But right now they moved into an RV with their baby and they made a mobile workshop. They're pulling it behind their RV and they're traveling around and they stopped through Savannah last week. We had breakfast with them and hung out and did a little interview and stuff, but, um, really cool. Really, really nice people in you know, chasing what they want, which they were a pretty good example of leaving behind jobs and house and all that stuff in there. Yeah, that's a big commitment. Living, that's not easy. Living in an RV. So, yeah. Yep. Go check out Mike and Lauren. Cool. Um, I guess that's it for this week. Unless you guys got anything else. I got uh, one more thing. So, oh, someone's got a thing. new book oh, out. it's a big one. It's a big I, one. I have a new book. My cutting board book is finally available. Unless you go to Amazon, it says temporarily unavailable. Unavailable, but um, it will be on Amazon here in the next few hours. Uh, from what I understand, they have it in their warehouse. It's just not in their system yet. Uh, if you want a signed copy, I have about ninety-five of them left in my store. And once the signed copies are gone, it might be a few weeks or a few months before we get signed copies again. Doing the signed copies is hard because I don't ship them. The publisher ships me the books. I sign them, I ship them back, and each carton is 35 pounds, so it's not cheap to ship the books. And so um, I won't always have signed copies because I hate shipping. Shipping is an awful <laughs> task, and I don't want to do it. So, uh, yes, it's all 15 different cutting board projects, and I'm really happy with the way it came out, so check that out. Cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it for this week. We'll see you guys in Boston. If you're going to be there, and if not, we won't see you in Boston, but, you know, uh, have a good Thanksgiving, everybody. It's this week as well. If you don't have tickets, Actually, find me in the in the parking lot. <laughs> or just show up in the parking lot and take free tools out of Jimmy's truck. Take them all. Cool. All right. See you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. One, four, three.